Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. That was Wargraves with The Feed. They're a uh, New Hampshire hardcore punk band. We're going to call them hardcore punk. You might call them some other things, but we're going to call them hardcore punk band from Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, they've got a two-song EP called The Feed. You can find that on Bandcamp. Go to the show notes to check that out. It's very cool. It sounds exactly like what you just heard because that is one of the songs from that EP. So check them out. Manchester, Manchester New Hampshire. I feel like there's a lot of bands I actually surprisingly know from Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, not Wargraves. I didn't know of them. I didn't know about them until they sent their music in. Which, by the way, as always, I'd like to 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 shout that out because I love when people send their songs into Dan at GettingItOut.net, and I can play them on the show for you to hear immediately when you tune into Getting It Out podcast. But because I remember bands from, I think it was Manchester, New Hampshire, like uh, Yellow Stitches or Word for Word. Uh, th- I think those two those two come from around there. Uh, these, these guys are cool. I hadn't heard of them, like I said, until the song came into my email, and I, I really enjoyed what I heard. So I'm going to be on the lookout for more stuff from Wargraves from Manchester, New Hampshire. How about that? New, last week it was Vermont with the path. This week it's uh, New Hampshire. So, so we're covering New England, right? That's good. They've got to have something to look forward to this year since they're not in the Super Bowl for the first time in 20 years. But they got that other guy in there. Anyway, um, let's, let's go on. What's happening on this episode of the podcast? Well... I've got Kurt Callis from Living in Fear back again for his second appearance on Getting It Out Podcast. And we're talking about their new record, The Coward's Path Ends Here. Uh, So yeah, that's what's happening here. Uh, First, let's listen to Hot Zone, Kick Your Ass, and then get into the episode. Yeah, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious Hot Zone, back at it again with another podcast intro. You said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out Podcast? Okay, so here we are, episode 159. I think that's the number we're on. I, I always should check before I start, and I never do, and sometimes I check while I'm starting, and uh, I'm usually always right, so I'm going to stick with it. I think that's, I think it's 159. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not listening. I'm tuning you out. La, 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 Yeah, okay, so what's happening? What's the latest? It's the first episode of February. That's important, right? You only get four chances in February if you're lucky. Uh, it's not a leap year this year. Last year was a leap year. Today is uh, one of my daughter's uh, birthdays. 14. 14 and she's way better of a kid than I was at 14. Uh, don't tell her I said that, though she can probably hear me right now. But yeah, me at 14, I was a wreck. Um, still am, but I, I was much worse when I was 14. So I guess 14 is the big number for a lot of people right now, but it's more like 1,400. Because we got our eyes on those second, those third stimulus checks. How many checks have we gotten now from the government? It's not enough. Whatever it is, it's not enough. Keep them coming, right? Um, yeah, but uh, you know, I think it doesn't sound like it's gonna. It doesn't sound like it's gonna go down like that. But whatever. 
Uh, it's interesting when you ask people about stimulus checks, no matter which side of the aisle they like to sit on uh, figuratively. Everybody seems to have a different opinion about stimulus checks, but uh, but usually they all end the same. I'll take them is kind of how it all ends. And uh, you might not get to, might not be an option this time around. You know, who the hell knows? So as I said with this episode, it's a repeat guest, the rare repeat guest of Getting It Out podcast. It happens, but it doesn't happen all that often. I like to mix it up. I like to have different people on each year and, uh, you know, with, with a few exceptions. But, uh, but here, Kurt Callis is back. He, uh, he does everything for the band Living in Fear. If you're not familiar with Living in Fear, they're a fucking killer hardcore crossover band out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. If you didn't uh, check out the last record, Wrong Side of Another Day, I want to say it's called, out on Personal Best Records, you, you still have time to go back and listen to that. But this one they just put out, The Coward's Path Ends Here, is better. So you can just start right now with The, the Coward's Path Ends Here. We're going to talk all about that and all about the band and uh, all sorts of other stuff. We got wildly off track and it's more fun that way. Before we dive into this episode, I want to once again thank all the Patreon subscribers. Uh, there is a, another episode of Getting It Out Radio out there for the Patreon subscribers. Just go to the page and click and listen. Um, it's over an hour's worth of me talking and music, but mostly music. Songs that I think you should hear, songs that I think you'll like. Song, Actually, you know what it is. It's songs that I like and I wanted to share with you. So uh, if you're not a subscriber, you can go be one. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast. The $2 or the $3 tier will get you access to Getting It Out Radio. And uh, it's a cool way for you to support me and what I'm doing here with this show. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you so much more than the $1 tier, but even way more than the $0 tier, you freeloading listeners. That's 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 not entirely. No, wait, that is tire, entirely true. But I still like you all a lot who listen. I appreciate it. <laughs> I just, you know, being honest. Which, while I'm being honest, if any of my friends or family members are listening to this right now and you're not a Patreon subscriber, first of all, I know, okay? And second of all, you should be. I've tried the subtle approach, but I think it's time to go with shame and guilt. And that's 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 what I'm going to do from now on. Shame and guilt. That's how it works, right? That's how religion and everything else works. That's how they get your money. So that's what I'm going to do. Shame and guilt on Getting It Out podcast. Speaking of shame and guilt, let's get into this interview with Kurt Cows.
All right, so what's happening? Not much. Chilling. Just, you know, <laughs> got home from work a couple hours ago. Had some Cracker Barrel. Now I'm chilling. Cracker Barrel? I mean, I yeah, I know that's yeah. I know that's a place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you actually go to a Cracker Barrel? No, nah, I had it. Uh, I did DoorDash, so I just got it delivered. I don't want to go in there. It's weird. <laughs> well, you can get a nice basket. Yeah, they, they have like the country store in the front where you can buy all kinds of like weird country shit for like old people. But it's kind of cool. The food's good. Their cornbread is dang. You get baskets and uh, rocking chairs and cornbread. It's it's actually it's actually a pretty good stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, and the weird little game that you play with the golf tees on the board or whatever they have. Oh right, yeah, I know that one. See, I always I always get a. I get yeah. a couple. I get a couple of restaurants confused: uh, Cracker Barrel, Hosses, and Ponderosa. I don't think they're anything like each other, other than uh, old white people. Uh, old white people love them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the other two. I only know Cracker Barrel. I don't think we got those other two down here. Yeah, you might not, because uh, Atlanta, right, or Georgia at least. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah. So what's what's it like down there right now? Because up here, uh, we've been it's been snowing for like three days straight. And uh, it's, there's at least a foot of snow outside. Damn, yeah, we haven't gotten anything like that. It's just like we've had some rainy days. It's cold as shit, and it's super windy. And it has been for like a week and a half, which is weird. Like really heavy wind. <laughs> that's, that's almost worse. But uh, like as, the way I understand it is you guys can't really handle any snow at all, right? Oh, no. It's, it, Georgia turns into a nightmare when it snows. Like everybody goes to the grocery store and like buys out all the milk and bread, and <laughs> that's it. No one knows how to drive. There's car accidents. It's a shit show. It's always funny that that's the go-to is the milk and bread. Like how how much how much milk and bread milk bread and eggs? It's the like you know the three maybe toilet paper too. It's like the four <laughs> the four horsemen of the snow apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. It's like the shit that goes bad the fastest, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's supposed to get you through the blizzard or whatever, but that shit will be gone in a week. Like it'll be nasty. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about it, but, uh, but people up here a little more prepared, you know, like we don't freak out, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. And luckily, thanks to this is one thing where you can be like, well, thanks to coronavirus, I don't, I don't have to go anywhere. You know, I've still been working at home because you know, actually, I was thinking about this. Yeah, true. Well, well, I started, I started to listen to our last interview, and then I realized I couldn't do that. But last time we talked, coronavirus was like just happening. It was just the thing. Yeah, it was just, it was just kicking off. Yeah, and now almost almost an entire year later, we're still, <laughs> at least I don't know about you, but I'm still like in the exact same situation. Yeah, I mean, Georgia, the, I don't, I don't know, we have like no regulations. So like, there's a bunch of stores, like chain stores that are requiring masks. But other than that, it's just a bunch of jackasses running around, like with no masks on. People come into my store all day without masks and then get mad when I ask them to put one on. I'm like, yo, I can, it's a private business. I can do whatever I want and you're being an asshole. So just put the mask on. I don't get it. It's not that hard. That's funny. Well, George has been very popular lately. Uh, you know, I don't think you guys ever got more attention. But um, but what, what, what kind of what kind of store are you in? I just work in like a uh, like an old uh, or like a new smoothie shop. Like it's a all organic type of thing like that. I don't know. I uh yeah, I'm the general manager, so me and my roommate both work there, and we just kind of run it in the mornings, making smoothies for rich people, and that's about it. <laughs> that's funny. See, I, I would think that the people who are worried about getting organic smoothies would be a little bit more the health conscious and maybe want to not get coronavirus, too. 
you would think, but it's in crazy. It's crazy how entitled these people are. Like they come in all day. Like if I don't want to wear a mask, that's my right. And I'm like, just as much as it is my right. I mean, you're without a mask. <laughs> well, well, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm glad I don't have to deal with, I don't have to deal face to face with customers and with people. And I never, I never really have. That's not a, uh, it's not my strong suit. So. I, I can't say I can relate, but uh, I can imagine it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's no fun for anybody. <laughs> well, let's talk about some stuff that is fun. Then. Let's talk about uh, living in fear again, because uh, you've been doing some fun stuff. Actually, you sent me this record, MP3s of this your latest record, The Coward's Path Ends Here, a while ago. But it only came out about a month ago, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it came out uh like a month and a half ago ish now but yeah i we have had it done for so long that it just like at this point i'm already ready to play new songs that aren't off this record but <laughs> because there's no shows i'm just gonna have to like sit on it for a while and that's that that's kind of like i don't know it kind of takes the fun out of it because like i'm ready to do new shit and i'm already tired of this record we've had for a year but no one else has heard it so everyone's loving it and i'm like Good enough. I mean, as long as you don't like the band, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Is how, how's how's it been received so far? Because because from from what I've seen, it seems like more people were uh, ready for it than uh, than the last one, at least. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's gotten a lot. Uh, it got a lot more like coverage, I guess you could say, than I had expected. But I was uh, I was seeing a bunch of people talk about it, like people that I never would have even expected to be going out of their way to you know like help out a smaller band or whatever and they're all just like you know you all should be listening to this you have no excuse not to and i'm like damn cool <laughs> feels good <laughs> yeah well i think that that's uh i think you know maybe it's a little annoying that it took so long to get this out and that you know you want to move on for it already but it but uh, as i've talked to with a lot of people it's it's also a good time to put out a record you know because that's all people are going to do is listen to it um, they're not going to go get you know get hyped up for some other show and listen to somebody else's shit. If you got if you got a really captivating good album like I feel like you do here, then uh, people are going to keep going back to it, and uh, hopefully it just builds more momentum for Living in Fear at this point. Yeah, I hope so. That's exactly those are my thoughts exactly. Like hopefully since we can't just go play shows and people can get us out of their minds quickly, like oh yeah, I saw them now on to the next thing. Now people have time to like actually sit listen understand what i'm saying because i know like my lyrics are super hard to understand and they can see like damn this is cool shit and i'm gonna like it for a long time hopefully we'll see i don't know <laughs> well I, that's funny you say that about your lyrics i don't think your lyrics i think you actually are are pretty i think you got a lot of clarity in your voice it's just that you say a lot of shit you you're, you have a lot of lyrics there's i was thinking about today how much how much how much lyrics you, you probably have to write to to fill a song because of how fast you go through them um is, what, what does it look like when you're writing out a song? Are you, are you are you just writing fucking paragraphs and then putting it to music? Pretty much, yeah. It, I mean, it, it all comes out more like it almost. My writing approach for Living Fear for that record, and then the things that we're working on now, it's all been like kind of in a hip hoppy fashion. Like I'm very fast staccato. Like how many words can I fit into one line, and just like spewing out too much. So. When I'm writing it, yeah, it tends to go on. There's a lot of editing that I have to do, a lot of like placing words in certain places and rearranging sentences. There's a lot of that kind of weird shit that I got to do to make things rhyme and all flow cohesively. 
But uh, I think moving forward, I actually might kind of step down from doing so much because when, when I'm trying to do it live and it practice and whatnot, it just beats the hell out of me. So, you know, I think I'm getting, I think that maybe all of this smoking is catching up to me and I, I need to uh, <laughs> dial it back a little bit for the sake of <laughs> what I can do and maintain in a live, uh, live, you know, show too. Yeah, that's 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 what I think about. As someone who sang for a band once, right? Okay, I was, oh, I sang for a band for like a year, and I had one song where I had a pretty fast delivery. And uh, I used to, and I'm not kidding, I used to pass out in while doing that song. I used to fall over because <laughs> I because I would get so lightheaded trying to do the lyrics that fast. And and you're doing it like for your entire album, so I imagine it's a it's a struggle. Yeah, it was way easier when it was like the songs off the first record, doing them live, but this one. It's it's like that. It's like the last record on crack. Yeah. So it just made it a lot more of all of the fiercest parts, and so that is definitely harder to accomplish live than I could have ever expected when I was writing it in the studio. So now I'm reaping the uh, now I'm paying the consequences for that. But at least you don't practice. You, and you like, don't have oh to play God, live, so you're good. Broke. <laughs> yeah, I can I can practice and I can figure out like a way to get around it. And maybe I don't know. Maybe like rearrange my vocal style a little bit to kind of try to hold in more breath i don't know i also have <laughs> asthma so that's like super shitty for my lungs <laughs> yeah that's that's i was in the same boat well am in the same boat and, and at, at the time i was probably smoking a pack a day too so so yeah i was i was in bad shape asthma yeah. smoker and trying to fucking yell fast wasn't wasn't a good combination um but so yeah. so you, you you managed to get this record out, and um, you released it at a, at a time where most people don't, most bands don't put out records. The the end of the year and the beginning of the year is always kind of a dead spot for releasing new music. Um, was there was there delays getting this out because of the world that uh, that made it come out December eighteenth, or was, was that just the plan? So we thought we were at, and we actually got to release it earlier than we initially thought because we were kind of waiting until we had the actual vinyl copies to distribute before we released it. Mm-hmm. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, ah, eh, that's kind of dumb. Like, let's just get the music out there. How many people are going to fucking buy a vinyl record anyway? So yeah. we just put it out because it was finished. And the records, we were supposed to get them in December. Then we were supposed to get them in January. And I guess now, from what I heard last, I think that they are in route. So I think that we're getting closer and closer and closer to having the vinyl records. Yeah. But... It, it does kind of hurt having to wait a couple months to have the vinyl records after the album has already dropped, you know, kind of losing its flair a little bit. But, you know, we were just doing what we can. I wanted to get it out as quick as I could because we've already worked on so much new shit and have so many, you know, new ideas and new things that uh, I kind of wanted to at least get this one out of the way and put out so people could hear it, hopefully gain in some more listeners and followers. That way, when we do something new, more people are listening and we don't have to wait that long to do something new since we didn't drag the record out even longer. Right. Right. Well, for, for speaking about that, getting more people involved and following, um, that clearly happened this time around, uh, for this record compared to the last, uh, what do you, what do you credit that to? Were you doing, do you feel like you guys were doing anything differently or ramping up to, to the release of this? Was there more, were you doing some promo? Cause it doesn't seem like you do a lot of that. So, so what do you think made people catch on to living in fear specifically with the release of this record? I don't know. I think it could, I think it could have something to do with our friends. I think it could have something to do with 
I think most of it goes to no echo for damage from your record because that definitely brought in a shitload of new people. Like it, it bumped up the curve an enormous amount. That was like way shocking. Even for me, I was like, where the hell did all these people come from that are just <laughs> reading some blog site for all I know? Yeah. Cause I never, you know, I don't know. I don't really look at no echo all that much, but it was crazy, you know, for them to actually do ours. I was like, damn, that's fucking awesome. So it got us a lot of coverage. And I think that that was the main thing, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not too keen on like, doing a shitload of promo in a time where there just isn't anything going on really. Cause you can only hype up a record so much before people are like, you know what, man, I haven't even heard this shit. Like stop preaching about it. <laughs> when I hear it, we can talk about it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the super over promotional shit kind of sometimes gets to me and I'm like, this is annoying. Now I don't even want to listen to it. <laughs> well, that's why it's gotta be good. But if you, if it's good enough that you keep the people, cause you know, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely uh, you know people on both sides of the fence like you're speaking about there, and there's some people like that. Like, all right, there's two two records last year that came out without a physical release that I that I and I know for a fact others are still anticipating getting a, you know a record or whatever. It's 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 this one, the Coward's Path ends here, and and Spirit World, Pagan Rhythms. Like those, you know, those are two awesome records that came out with no physical thing, but they're good enough and uh well done enough to to make to make people interested in getting it when it does come out and uh that for for a year when a lot of shit came out like a lot of shit came out last year because everybody could and uh a lot of stuff a lot of stuff's available uh it it almost it almost made it different that you couldn't get it yet you know i don't know if it's a good thing but it was at least different yeah that's definitely true yeah um yeah i don't know i don't know I honestly don't know. I don't know. I think that uh, I think that it's a good time to be putting out records, but the the over promotional shit. It's just like I don't want to like try to drag my nuts too hard. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like this record's gonna knock y'all on your ass, blah blah blah, because I don't know if it's gonna do that. People could listen to it and be like, yeah, this fucking sucks, and then I look like an <laughs> asshole. So I'll just try to keep it modest and be like, yeah, the record's coming out. Listen to it or don't. You know, just if you like it, that's cool. I don't want to like preach it down anybody's throat. <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally understand that. Uh, um, I can relate in just with doing this. You, if you look at like what you know, just for example, if you look what I do, I make like one post a week of the episode on the day that it's coming out, and then that's it. I don't want to like you know try to be like, hey, you make sure you listen, keep checking in, like all that shit, keep ramming it down people's throats. Even though I know that that's probably what I'm supposed to be doing, I don't have the I don't have the fucking uh, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but I can't do. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to to push that hard, push shit into people's face. Yeah, exactly. I just don't. You know, I'm not going to make myself feel like a whore for my own band and just like bring <laughs> it out to a bunch of people that don't want it. Like, I really don't want to do that. So I'm just going to let it do its own thing. Hopefully, it kicks off, and you know, we'll see what happens. Well, well, so far, I feel like it's working. Um, there's people that I've that I've suggested you guys to. Let's say it this way: everybody that I've told you told to listen to "Living in Fear" has has loved it and come away talking about it. And you know, the funny thing is, is that they all bring up different things to me. One guy in particular was <laughs> loved the fact that you do this laugh. Um, what, 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 and I think you know what I'm talking about. You, you you started incorporating a laugh. At least I noticed it on this record. Maybe you did it before. But what the fuck is this laugh, and where did it come from? Yeah, 
as far as writing and recording? So for this last or for the Coward's Path, it was uh, it was all me again, except with the exception of like two different riffs. I think one riff was done by Ryan, who is like our ex guitarist, but still fucks with us. So you know, we all still hang out all the time. So you know, he sits in and helps write shit. And then another uh, riff was written by Andre. So Burn was written by Andre, and uh, that was that's just like a fucking burner. That whole track. That's why we called it Burn because it's so short and it's so quick. It just works way too well. But so I think going forward, uh, I'm definitely going to have Andre, Josh, and, you know, some outside people helping writing. But for the Cowards Pack, it was 98% me other than uh, other than those two songs that uh, Andre and Ryan wrote. Now, how do you do that? How do you record? Do you go, do you go take like, you know, go to an actual studio to do this stuff? Or do you, are you doing this like in bedroom studio shit? Are you, what's, what's, what's your actual recording process? It's kind of like a, you kind of got to meet in the middle there. So I do do it. I do it at home, but, uh, I have like a, a studio set up at home. It's not super professional, but I've, I've learned how to tweak it and fuck with it into getting it to sound like as good as it possibly can. Yeah. So yeah, we pretty much, I mean, I pretty much just hunker down in my room and that's, it was over the course of like three weeks that I was out of work during COVID and I knocked it all out through that. And, uh, that was in like May and we didn't release it until December. So I was sitting on it for so long, just pissed. Like, God, <laughs> I just want to put it out. <laughs> well, you got around to it. And you did, I think, you know, it came, it came out great for doing that. Do you, so do you, do, you know, cause there's no, uh, no physical thing in my hand or anything. Do, do you have like a, are you like fully credited as the producer, the mixer, all that shit, or did this go to somebody else? Well, I usually just tend to leave that out. You know what I mean? I don't want right. to like, sounds like I'm being a dick and like brag on a physical copy of a record that my face is also on. <laughs> I feel like I don't really need to push it like that. So I just, I just usually leave all that stuff off and it just says, you know, all of the thank yous and the shout outs and then no, the no, members no. of the band. And I just try to leave it at that. I, I didn't mean like, are you crediting yourself on there? I just meant, are you, are you handling all that stuff yourself? Are you doing it? Like, or does this go to anybody else to be mixed? Does it, does somebody else master it? Or, or, do, or do you handle living in, fear from from the first hit of the drum till the final mastering oh no yeah that's all me okay i, do all of it <laughs> I thought the, so from the start of the song to the to the final mix yeah i do all of that i finished it all up myself and cool. I, I think we, we probably we, we probably talked about this before and i'm sure you already told me but uh i forget and the people who are listening probably didn't listen then so like how did you learn to do all this shit um so i was working at guitar center for a long time and when I was first starting, like very first starting to get back into the hardcore scene after I had kind of left it and was doing some other lifestyle shit. And then I came back to the hardcore scene when I was like 18 and I was working at Guitar Center. So I bought an interface and I was like, I'm going to make like a hardcore demo and see what I can do. So I pretty much just from the time I was 18, I've been working on recording shit and just upgrading equipment. And I sold all my equipment and then I bought all my equipment again. So just over the years of, you know, writing demos and recording demos for other bands that I was in uh, and stuff like that, it's, it's just all kind of, I taught myself how to do it all with like the occasional YouTube tutorial. You know, YouTube tutorials are great, but I've been trying to fix my dryer for like a year and it's not working out. <laughs> <laughs> to the point that where my wife bought a new one today. Yeah, well, congrats on the new dryer. That's, uh, that's no. a good move up. It's, I need a it's, new dryer. I'm going to work the shit. 
you know what ours has been doing for the last for the last probably six months is that it, the timer just doesn't move. So you just have to remember that the house could burn down if you don't remember the dryers running. You know, that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's not good. No, but then the, today the drums stopped turning. So all right, now it's completely ineffective. So we're, we're, you know, it still heats though. We could use it like as a warmer, and I think there's opportunity for uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, don't don't toss it just yet. Just put it in the corner. Maybe one day you'll get back around. This is like that a really. Oh, well, we could just use it like a space heater. You know, it's a really big space heater. Yeah, it's like a project dryer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So hey, the, one of the one of the songs that I that I particularly like on this record, and there's a couple of them, but the one that I really like is Game Set Match. Is this is Game Set Match lyrically oh, yeah. about something real? Yes. <laughs> it absolutely can, is. What is the story? Can you tell it? It's just uh, I don't I, can't, I don't I'm not gonna get like too deep into it, but it was like I was in my fields about you know some shit talking that I hear all the time from various people, and I you know I just get you get over it to a certain extent, and you you know yeah. there's no real outlet other than like you know physical fighting and shit, and I'm just I'm too fucking old to be doing that. I got a job. I got a girlfriend. I can't be doing all these, you know, I'm not going to go get into mischief like that. So I'll just write a song about it. And that, you know, that'll be the end of it. And that was pretty much how Game Set Match turned out. But it, that actually is my favorite song off the record. That's my favorite one. So I'm so, I'm, I'm glad that other people, that, that that song in particular caught other people's minds. Yeah. Has it, has it been for other people? Cause I don't, I don't know why, but that was like, I can't, I don't, I think it might be your delivery. It's, it's, I don't, I don't know what's happening there, but I, but I really enjoy that one. That's the one I, every, every time I'm listening to this record, like, I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to remember titles of songs lately or, you know, just the way we listen to music now. And, uh, oh, yeah. and yeah, every time so I'm like listening to it, I, 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 I pull out my phone to check like, oh, is that what, yeah. And it's always that fucking song, but yeah, anyway, it's a, it's a good one. Hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's definitely got to be my favorite one. It was also the first one we wrote for this record. We actually had that one. That song was finished before Energy Damned was ever finished. So we've been sitting on that one for a long time. So I really got to work out all the kinks in it and whatnot. Like, it was all, I couldn't, I couldn't change another thing on that song and make it better, in my opinion. That's like the best I could do for that song. So that's, that's what makes me happy about that one. Good. That's awesome, then. Well, you mentioned Haters Be Damned a couple of times. We, we actually talked. Haters Be Damned, I think, was out last time that we talked. Um, because I know you told me that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, asked I you, think so. I asked you what was up with. Well, all right. We, we did the last episode. It came out April 11th. So we probably inter- did the interview a week or two before there, whatever. So let's say early April, April, late March. Um, but Haters Be Damned was out because we talked about it. So. Or at least whatever it was, it was on the radar. Um, is that version of Haters yeah. Be Damned that was out then the same version that's on here? No, we actually redid the entire track. So okay. there's I a couple so. of the, the yeah the second verse where the features are. Those are all the same dudes, but the our, we got our friend TJ in the beginning. We got our friend Jordan on the end. Kanan's on it now, and Nick from Minefield is also on it now. So I, I just tried to get as many people that were in my apartment at one time. Yeah. To sing a part of that song. <laughs> well, that, that brings me to well. First of all, I'll, I'll wait to go there. But the uh, that that one, I think you told me last time I asked you about three sixteen. You said that's that is an intentional Stone Cold Steve Austin reference. Yeah, it means nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. But 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 I I know there's plenty of people that appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, it is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> 
I th- also the the uh, the I, th- I think we we mentioned this last time too. It's also a very very uh, Rick to Life uh, inspired track, at least from my vantage point, and uh, that that's funny too. Yeah, it's named after that twenty five to life song, "Haters Be Damned." <laughs> I just took it in a completely different direction. I was just like, I really like those words together, so I'm stealing that. <laughs> that's funny. So, all right, so you mentioned the the features, and that's something I wanted to ask you about because, uh, again, another thing where I don't I don't have anything to look at. So, or I didn't, or I'm too lazy to look it up. Who who else is singing on this record? Because it sounds like a lot of people. Yeah, so on Burn, we got Ross from Ingrown, and I think he plays in Regional Justice Center sometimes, too. But he's mostly the guitarist and singer of Ingrown. And then on Game Set Match, the bridge is done by Chris from Dead Heat. Um, Haters Be Damned has the beat by Carlos at the end of it. And then I think the only other one is Dragging You Under, which has Nick from Minefield on it. And then Haters Be Damned, but we already talked about that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of features. (laughs) I like that. That's cool. Is that something you were able to do uh, remotely, or are these all people that you had close by that you record yourself? No, yeah, it was all uh, Chris sent his from California, and the Nick sent his from Jacksonville, Florida, I think is where he is. But yeah, um, all the local people came and did it in my house, but the the outside homies they had to uh, they had to send it to they had to go record it themselves and send it to me. Nice. So you when you when you put this out. Like you said, you mentioned the the, the 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 I don't know. I guess it brings the question of the uh, how much like how necessary is the record label? Not I don't mean that in a negative way. Like you you, you do this through personal best records, right? Yeah, yeah. And and they're gonna so and, yeah. Sorry, Nate go ahead. Is, uh, no, I was just gonna say yeah. So I think I think I understand what you mean by the question. Uh, but you actually you can explain it further because I don't want to answer it the wrong way and then sound like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> no, I think all I was gonna say is that that. Uh, that you put it out, basically releasing something as digital only for a few months, as f- up to my knowledge, doesn't require a label. And then to, but but obviously to do the physical release does. So how like what's what's the relationship with the label? How does how does that is there like do, do you is you, is living in fear releasing a record contingent on anything with personal best or is it we'll get to it when we can. Uh- yeah, so I mean, we don't have like a contract or anything really. He's just the uh, he's a long time like Atlanta hardcore OG dude, Nate. He fucking started the label and started signing some of the or not signing because there's not a contract, but right, right. he started you know releasing records for the smaller local bands in Atlanta. I think he did Symbiote, Slow Fire Pistol. I he did a band called Bad Moods, and I think those those are the only ones I can remember. He did Playtime as well, but. Um, he basically just said like, yo, I really like the record he, uh, with the first one. And he basically just bought the record, you know what I mean? And then he, yeah. you know, sells them for us and does that type of stuff. But as far as, I don't know, I don't know what labels really do anymore because I don't know shit about record labels or anything like that, but <laughs> he doesn't help with like, uh, like booking shows and things like that. You know, that's, that's not really what he's, uh, what he's looking to do, but it works for us because, I I really, you know, it I wouldn't be able to put out a vinyl record without his help. You know what I mean? Uh yeah, yeah. so it's definitely great that he helps us out and whatnot. Um but it's not if it's like another label were to approach us, it's not one of those things where we would have to say no because we're working with personal best. You know what I mean? He's just kind of it's just kind of like a verbal Yeah, you can do the record, yeah, nobody you know, we got nothing we got nothing going on, might as well do another record. So it's just kinda of like that. 
Which is good. I, th- I feel like the, I mean, a good friend of mine ran, ran runs a record label for a long time and that's the way he did business the entire time. And uh, there was, he had a lot of bands that are very big now, you know, in that respective scene, but they stayed with him for as long as possible, as long as he could handle it simply based on, you know, his dedication to it and, and just being a good guy and not having to deal with some fucking stupid asshole who wants a contract. So especially in the world of hardcore, I think labels like personal best and that, that type is, is very important because it, it doesn't need, we don't need all that outside bullshit. You don't need contracts. You just, you know, we all, if anybody with a, with a good head on their shoulders understands what the real uh, expectations are for this type of music and, it's basically just all for fun. So, yeah. 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 And that's pretty much what hardcore is supposed to be. You know, you shouldn't have to get corporate suits involved in contracts and things like that. That's not what it's supposed to be. It's yeah. just supposed to be, you know, being, keeping your word and doing your thing. So, you know, I definitely like being on personal best and I don't, I don't have any, you know, I'm not, I'm not actively searching to be on another label or anything. I don't like grind for it, but I'm, I would like to, you know, have like more opportunities. And I think that's something that a bigger label would be able to help us accomplish. But, uh, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, you know, I'm not, I, I would never be against signing to another label because, you know, I would like for this band to be like a full time thing for me. Eventually I'd like to be on the road, you know, fucking eight months out of the year and shit like that. Like that's what I'm looking to do with it. So right, right. any closer I can get to that, I'm always, I'm always down for it. Well, I think with somebody with your uh, with your abilities and, and talents, that's that's a reasonable that's a reasonable thing to to want to do. Um, you you already mentioned that you, that you've started working on the on the next record. So how has how has the inability to tour, play a show, play a show in general, um, changed the direction of living in fear right now? Like, are you are you are you still working at shit, or is it has it been you know like kind of a I don't know, just a fucking death blow. Yeah, so I kind of, right after, I guess in about September and October, throughout those two months, I kind of sat down and wrote, like, a handful of more songs and added in, like, some new special types of, you know, sound effects, samples, things like that. Really got, like, a good cohesive thing put together that has, like, a pretty pretty decent runtime. I think it's about 22 minutes, but I think that I want to release that next but I think we actually have a split coming up with another band that I don't think I can talk about it yet, but we're going to do a split with a band and that'll be a lot of fun. So we've got a good amount of music written to sit on for a while. So I've just been kind of, it's on the back burner for me for right now, at least on a writing scale, because I want to work on like doing another type of project that isn't hardcore related at all. But yeah, I've been working on writing some other stuff. So living in fear has kind of been on the back burner. What's the other stuff? Tell me. So yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to work on like some straight up rock and roll music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nothing, no bullshit. I just want to try to just do some straight rock and roll and take a whack at like actually singing rather than screaming. This is it's one of those things I've never done it before. So I feel like if I sat down and really worked hard at it, I can I can get something at least good enough to play a couple shows and have some fun with. But I don't know. We're going to see how it goes. So far, the writing is it, it's proven itself to be a lot harder than I thought it was because everything sounds like something else. Yeah, there's only yeah. there's only so many options when you're working in like a rock and roll style now. <laughs> 
No, that's 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 actually that's really cool. I'm glad to hear that, and I th- especially with somebody with your talent, that's that's. I think it's a very good move. I've got some friends who have made uh, that move, and uh, some of them have been a little bit successful. Nobody's really knocked it out of the park yet, but I think, but I think what I think what a lot of them have fallen into is uh, songwriting. It's just maybe not the, maybe they're not the ones performing it, but they're the ones writing it. And you know, it's a weird uh, peek behind the curtain. But you know, we anybody with a little bit of knowledge knows that that's the way it is. These fucking rock stars don't write their own songs, you know, for the most part. Um, there's other people doing it. But if you can do yeah, both, definitely. that's even better. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. Well, so so uh, back to living in fear. You can't you can't play any shows still. You can't do well. Well, hold on. What, what, what you mentioned? Georgia has like no regulations or anything. What, what if uh, we, there's but there's no venues open? I'd imagine. Yeah, so there are no venues open. The only restrictions I think that we have right now is um, like like large gatherings. We can't do large gatherings, but like stores aren't required to require you to wear a mask. Like it's still optional to wear a mask in half the places, which I just think is fucking insane. But yeah, shows still can't happen. But even if we did like find a way to work around it, I'm not trying to do that just because of. I'm a heavy smoker with severe asthma. <laughs> so if I get COVID, I'll probably die. <laughs> you know, I I worry about that now. Just at, well, I don't worry about it hard, but like as you know, oh, ex smoker who who had asthma, like you know, I was like, oh damn, I, I probably can't afford. Yeah, the, I had a bout with swine flu too that I that I survived. Got pneumonia from that, so I'm not trying to pick up another pandemic. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, hell no! You need to sit this one out. <laughs> you, yeah, I've, I have been. You know, I've barely left my house in a year. But uh, that's yeah. I'm, I'm not complaining though either. <laughs> but but yeah, I was going to get to that. The, the 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 question I would like to ask people, and I'd like to hear other people ask people is musicians specifically, is if you could play a show right now, would you? Because it's a really loaded question. You know, you could be selfish, I guess, and say, yeah, I would do it. But you know, you I don't know. Yeah, but so, so like so, so you obviously would not do it. Nah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm too scared of of dying. <laughs> I don't want to do that yet. So no, nah, I think I'm going to spit shows out until we're all vaccinated and everything is uh, clear again. Yeah, is that what's going to take take you uh, to feel comfortable with it? Vaccinate like widespread vaccination. Dude, I'd get it tomorrow. I'd go get it in the Chick Fil A drive thru. I don't give a shit. Just get it in me. <laughs> Chick Fil A drive thru is entirely too long to wait for vaccination. There's no way I would do that. Does the Chick Fil A like shut down Dude, your city? Your city. That's what they're doing. What? Yeah, I mean Chick Fil A shuts down half the block, wrapping around <laughs> that side of the street. Like that's it shuts ridiculous. down everything. But they're so fast, it's insane. And I've read somewhere in a news headline that some mayor tried to get advice from a chick-fil-a manager with that like nails the drive-thru they're trying to like get their help with administering vaccines <laughs> like they're trying to work out drive-thrus with chick-fil-a to like figure it out like they they want to be in cahoots which yeah, i think is insane but it nine, could make it insanely effective 75 75 percent of the people who uh who go to chick-fil-a don't believe in the vaccine or that it's a real virus anyway though so I mean, this, that's the way it is up here. Yeah, I don't think they're trying to get Chick-fil-A to administer the vaccine. I think they're trying to get the knowledge of how to run a super efficient drive-through. And they're getting that through Chick-fil-A. Like, they're, they're talking about how to build a perfect drive-through for, uh, for vaccine, like, 
delivering or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I, I understand that, and I think that that's, that's, that's probably a good call. But I'm saying you could use that to vaccinate the people who don't necessarily want to be vaccinated, the ones who believe weird shit and, you know, the elections were stolen. Oh, yeah. They could, you could be like, oh, well, do you want your, do you want your McChicken yeah, or not McChicken, your chick, chick, whatever? I don't know. I don't go to fucking Chick-fil-A. But you want your waffle fries or not, you know? But get your arm out. Yeah, exactly. And, and they do it because they're fat and stupid. Yeah, stick your fucking arm out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they just want they just want the chicken <laughs> in a large diet coke. Bro. We got to figure out a way to be able to inject the virus. Yeah, we got to get we got to get the vaccination in the chicken, and don't tell anybody so that they're all just <laughs> eating it and then they're vaccinated. It's fine. That's what we got to figure out. That's a good, that's a good call. That that or the diet coke. We, if you get if you get uh, vaccinations in diet coke, then everybody with their large diet cokes will you know. Yeah, that's we're a little off track, but that's all right. Yeah, then seventy percent of the population will be vaccinated tomorrow. We'll be ready to open <laughs> shit up by Monday. That's funny. You know, I, I did uh, did one of these with uh, what's his name, uh, Ethan McCarthy. He's in Primitive Man. I don't know if you're familiar with Primitive Man. You know, the Doom Sludge Metal Band out in Denver. Yeah, yeah. But yeah he, I got a friend that's really into that. Yeah, he brought yeah. up a, he brought up a great point back back in like August when we or July when we were talking, and he said, uh, you know, they said. We could knock this thing out if we, if we just like lock down for like sixty days, right? Like, can we just try that? Like, like can we just try it? Like, because we clearly, like, we've been on some weird sort of lockdown Dude, for a year, exactly, but it's not working. So, but we just try this. Yeah, I've thought about that. I thought, like, is it really going to be that bad if we just entirely shut down the fucking economy for two months? We're still going to be in a shitload of debt. We're already fucked. I don't think it's that big of a deal to at least just try something like that and see if it works because i mean australia is already fucking doing edm festivals and shit you know they don't even have coronavirus anymore from what i've seen so like they did it and they were fine london did it and they were fine so why can't we just do that it's 60 day lockdown everybody fucking stay home and mind your business and then when you all come out it's like it's like coming out of hibernation i don't know everybody will be nicer everybody will have good rest i think that that would be a great idea i think that's what we need to do I think uh, I don't. I think I don't know. I think I'm totally clueless, and this, that's that's been one thing that I've had to admit, or I've been willing to admit through this whole thing, is that this is just more examples of how I, I don't really understand the world, and I'm uh, more naive than I'd ever imagine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that all the time. I'm like, damn, maybe I really don't know shit. I think about that all the time when I'm when I was trying to keep up with all the nonsense going on with the election versus the impeachment versus the voter fraud, like. Going through all that, I was like, I don't understand a lick of what these people are talking about. I might actually be way more stupid than I thought I was. Yeah, I think about that all the time. Yeah, that's 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 a, that's a weird thing to admit. You know how sometimes you have a thought, and then like two seconds later, you're like, that was so fucking stupid. Of course, that's not what that was. You know. But then, what if? What about all those times you yeah. don't? You, yeah, what about like, all, oh, of course. What about all those times you don't have that second thought? Like they just get through. Like those those really stupid thoughts just get through. And and that's where you live. Yeah, <laughs> blurt out something stupid, and you're like, "Ah, shit." <laughs> but like, the, the, so we had this we had this big snowstorm up here right now, right? Well, it's, it's tapering off now. But uh, my wife asked me something the other day, like, "Ah, oh, you think it's gonna? Do you think it's gonna start? You know, pick up or be worse in the morning?" And like, like, like I knew anything. I just answered her, like, "No, it's gonna do this." And then, like, I caught myself. I was like, "What the? F- I don't. I didn't look anything up. I didn't look at the weather one time." I'm just saying stuff like don't like, but I was really confident about it too. Like, 
this is the way the weather's going to go. And like, what, who, who fucking made me qualified? Why would I say that? Like, yeah, dude, I catch myself doing that all the time. Like, somebody asks me a question I don't know the answer to, but I answer it anyway. And then I'm like, uh, I may have just given false information, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> I, I find myself a, a, being more aware of that lately, where I, where I start talking about something that's on the news, and then be like, "Hold on a second, let me let me back all this up by saying that I really don't know anything." Like, I, 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 I mean, I guess that's I guess that's yeah. maturing and you know becoming a little more wise to catch myself in my own bullshit. What I got to stop doing though is saying all of it first, because I say it all and then I backtrack and go, well, "Hold on a second, though. Yeah. I I don't know any of that. I just said that." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to learn to catch yourself before. So, yeah, you don't want to be backtracking the whole time. Like, actually, no, think about it. That's not real. <laughs> I just made that up. Yeah, it is a little fun, though. It's, it's You know, we, we we just had four years of, of, of being able to just say stupid things. And, you know, now I think it's kind of affected all of us. Yeah, we all got to take a step back and figure <laughs> out what we're saying. Yeah. We don't want to end up like him, at least. <laughs> oh no! Now, part of me—I mean, I, I, I try to never go political on this thing, but part of me loves it. Like the the the, the whole like I, I I won the election. This whole thing was stolen from me. That like holding on to that and to continue to say that stuff cracks me up. I, I really do love it, and I hope it continues. Like I hope I just hope it keeps going because yeah. it's it's really funny. <laughs> Dude, it's just as funny as like when uh, when Donald Trump first ran or first won the presidency, and like on the other side of it, everybody was like, "No, Bernie can still win if we yeah. just file this <laughs> yeah. and all go do this." But we all, I'm like, "Shut the hell up, people! That makes no sense. It's I, the same shit, just that, on the other side." That it's is so that, funny. That is such a good point, and I totally forgot about that. I've totally forgot about the Bernie can still win thing. That's that's hilarious. Oh, uh, it'll never get old, and I'm sure whoever's president next, it'll happen again. <laughs> and I'm sure this will—it's just going to get worse. Like now that we've now that we've turned the United States government into the WWE, I don't know if we can get out of that. I don't know if there's a way out of that because we no don't... matter what, anything someone does now is going to be blown way out of proportion. Every oh yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Every you know, just the the can you. <laughs> I like I like like I, I, I'm me and my wife and you know my family whatever we're we're pretty well in my house we're pretty uh, we're, I'd say we're I'd say we're pretty middle of the road but I'm 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 pretty left but not uh not entirely but anyway so but we like watching Fox News is kind of our preferred our preferred uh, news because I don't know I just want to see what the other side says right and what yeah, what, cr- yeah definitely. what cracks me up about it every time is like can you believe that this person did this <laughs> and like th- that shit like it's every day about everything and it's like i don't i like it's got to be an act people can't be this shocked that the people that they know believe things differently than them uh, still in- believe the same same things the next day exactly like anybody that was shocked that the capital got stormed is just a brain dead moron. Like, bro, I could have <laughs> called that a year ago. Like, we could have called that so long ago. When this dude leaves office, some bad shit is going down, and everyone should have known that. And it did. Did, did you? At this I, point, it's just become completely predictable. It's, yeah, yeah I, I, I totally agree. Did you? Oh, let's go way off track here. Did you? Did you watch the video of the woman getting shot? Uh, I see, I've seen a lot of videos of women being shot, but I can't think of a, I can't think of one from recently. The one in the Capitol. <laughs> oh no, no! Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that when they were in the uh, 
when they yeah from the door and the dude shot through the fucking glass i did see that yeah okay i i i want to make sure that other people have looked at this video because i've looked at it way too many times and uh like every different angle and i think it's well, I, I, I won't. It's it's amazing to me that that it doesn't bother me to watch this woman get shot and killed in in the Capitol storm. Like that's the way it is now. It's like, oh, the president incited a riot to stop an election, and now now I'm watching this woman get shot and killed like daily in the Capitol building, and that's just normal America right now. That's just the way it is. Like, yeah, you're just like, <laughs> yep, just somebody got shot. That's it. <laughs> just trying totally to normal. stop the president. Weird. Election. Everyone is just desensitized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit. Well, insane. we 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 got way off the beaten track there. We was we were supposed to be talking about living in fear, but I think I think this uh I think this involves that. Do you so we'll we'll wrap this up here shortly. We've been doing this for a little bit, but to, lyrically, all right. So you 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 go through a a lot of lyrics like we mentioned. You say a lot of things in your, in your record. Is is lyric writing for you a personal thing or or is there any is there any touches of politics or is it just all encompassing? Uh most of it is pretty much just personal stuff and then sometimes it's just like yeah, I just want some traditional hardcore type lyrics and songs like Fall to the Flames and stuff like that. It's just, you know, I've never really done much political thinking until like the last election really uh i've always been completely distant from politics never paid attention to them my entire life just until like the last three four months or so that's that's when i really started just kind of paying attention and to be honest i only did that because of the fucking what's going on now like had it been normal i still wouldn't be paying attention but yeah i mean it's pretty much all just personal you know shit whatever i got on my chest and i just feel like talking about that's i just spit it out well, that's that's kind of what I thought, and and I can uh, I can pretty much relate to what you're saying there. Maybe go back three or four years is when I st- or four years is when I started paying attention po- politics wise. But uh, at the same time, I don't know enough to talk about it. But even though I'm going to do that, because you know, like I mentioned before, I just say shit. Um, but but uh, yeah. so so the same boat there. You you've you've had this record out now for about a month. Physical copies sound like they're coming soon. I saw there's a is there a cassette release too for this. Yeah, so Best Wish, I forgot to say that actually. Best Wishes Records from Australia did the cassette. We don't have any yet. We're still waiting on them to ship them to us. But I know, I don't know, if anybody listening to this lives in Australia, you can get it through them now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Outside of shows, I don't think there will be a way to get the cassettes. I don't think I'll put them up online or anything like that. I probably won't, to be honest. No, that's a, that's 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 a, that's a nice exclusive live uh, initiative, or, or not initiative. That's not the word I want, but incentive. There you go. Um, so, so I guess. Yeah, yeah, a five dollar cassette. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess now with uh, you know the obvious like playing shows, everything's out the window. So, what can people expect from from living in fear for the next I don't know year? Shit, I hope we got a split coming in the summertime. I think. Um, if that's still a thing, I'm not entirely sure. Um, other than that, <clears throat> just, just pretty much sitting our ass twiddling our thumbs. I don't know. I don't know what else I can do. I really want to do a live session video type thing, but I don't have the equipment to do a good one. So we're thinking about paying to get one of those done, but, and maybe some new music. Maybe I'm not entirely sure when it just depends on how this record does to determine when we're going to put out the new shit. But shit's coming. Just, we're not going anywhere for damn sure. 
Good. That's, I'm glad to hear that because I want to see what comes next. But so this physical, um, the, the vinyl from Personal Best, as you said, it's in, in transit, you think, maybe. Uh, is, that, is that stuff already able to be ordered or has it already been able to be ordered? Yeah, you can pre-order it through the Personal Best website. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think you can get that there. I think that one of the, there's two different variants, like a purple one and a black one. But yeah, I think the purple ones are starting to sell. So if you want one, get on it now. <laughs> Nice. I'll do that myself. Um, but all right, dude, um, I don't know what else we got to talk about, but uh, thanks for doing this again. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. It's fun every time. I love talking. All right. Well, hey, next time you got some music coming out, when that split comes around, hit me up. Let's do it again. For sure. Sounds good to me, boss. All right. Later, Kurt. All right, man. See you.
have it. That was my conversation with the man Kirk Callis of Living in Fear. And the song there at the end was Game, Set, Match, which we talked about. How we both really enjoy that track from The Coward's Path. Ends here, out now, on Personal Best Records. If you're listening to this episode, you might have noticed that it didn't come out on Friday the 5th or whatever the date was that it was supposed to come out. For the first time in Getting It Out podcast history, there was technical difficulties which resulted in having to delay the episode. If you check the feed and there was something there, there was. There was a Getting It Out radio episode that I usually only give to the Patreon subscribers, but whatever, we all got it for last week. Uh, this time around, this one's going to be coming out on Monday the 8th. Uh, so this will be the day after the Super Bowl, the day after the Chiefs, the Chiefs wipe the floor with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Though I would like to see Tom Brady win just because, um, you know, just because. I like I like... I like longevity. I like when there's greatness in sports. That shit's cool to me. And I'm not ready for uh, that dork Patrick Mahomes. I don't like that guy. I don't know why. But I do really like Andy Reid. Big fan of Andy Reid. Glad he got his Super Bowl last year. I think that's enough, though. Well, no, you know what? Give him one more. Now, let me flip-flop again. Bruce Arians is from my hometown, the coach of the Buccaneers. He's from York, Pennsylvania. And uh, uh, my parents, they, they act like they knew him. They say They call him Bruce. I don't know if that means they really did know him, but that's, you know, that's what they do. So maybe I, I, you know, I don't care who wins the fucking Super Bowl. In all likelihood, I probably won't watch most of it because I'll be driving back from Philadelphia at that time. Anyway, that's in the past, actually, because like I said, this is coming out on Monday. Um, and I think that's the way I'm going to keep it from now on. Monday releases. I've been thinking about it. And, you know, this little accident might end up being uh, beneficial. It might be something that I want to keep. So instead of there being two episodes, on the week of February 8th, there's just going to be this one. And then you're going to wait a whole nother week, just like you always do. And, you know, let's be honest. You don't care when it comes out. Maybe it makes it easier for me, though, if I put them out on Mondays. I think it will. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be it for this week's episode. I forget what the fuck I said in the beginning of this episode. So go to the Patreon. Go to the Instagram. Go to the Facebook Check gettingitout.net. It'll be up there eventually one day. Who knows what day? It's been over a year of me telling you to go to that website address, and there's still just a splash page. So maybe by the time you listen to the end of an episode and hear me say this, it'll actually be there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, let's end this one with a track from uh, a death metal band. Where are they from, though? Let me look at this again. I forget where they're from. They are, they're called a vert, and they're from Quebec. Ah, that explains everything. <laughs> they got a they got an album coming out called The Beginning on Brutal Mind. It's not coming out until March 31st, so you got plenty of time to get up to speed on it. But I'm going to help you out here a little bit with a song called Averted. Not a title track, not quite. Pretty close to their name, but also not. So uh, check out Averted from Avert off of The Beginning coming March 31st on Brutal Mind Records. And hey, have a good rest of your week. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.